Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Here you go. Here you go. Threesome. That's my Valentine's Day word of the day. And I'm not talking about the Genesis Invitational either. I'm talking about Jeremy Rennick. Yes, you've watched him play hockey, so have I. He got fired. Yes, he did. First suspended and now fired. And boy, is he worked up. Why? He went on a podcast, not this one, on a different one. And he said, you know what? I work with someone. I'm not going to name her. He named her. I'm not going to. And I was thinking... You know, that wouldn't be so bad with my wife and her. And then there was another co-host that he works with, who he works with, a gentleman. And he said, hey, I wouldn't say no to that either. Well, that threesome thought got Jeremy Rennick fired. Why is he angry? I was thinking about that. When you do a podcast, does he actually think that people aren't listening? Was he on like Wayne's World in Aurora, Illinois? thinking that no one would pay attention? Does he think that working for a major network, that he can just say whatever he wants, like me? You have to know that if you think you can, guess what? One day you can't. Because the microphone is always at the pleasure of the network. Jeremy Rennick. Fired. Don't say Ronick. It's Rennick. It's Ronick, Tully said. All right, I'm starting over. Three, two, one. Threesome. Now nah, I'm just kidding. You know we don't start over on nothing personal. We keep going. All right, Houston Astros. Uh, you heard yesterday. I spent 35 minutes yesterday talking about this. I've had an opportunity to be on a bunch of radio shows across the North America talking about it, listening to what players are saying, listening to the reaction of both Astros players and former Astro players. Never Astro players. I want to revisit one thing. Because this is a big enough story that it's not going away. We tried MLB. I keep saying we. You know, by episode 100. By episode. Are we going to keep going? Coca? Oh, we're going. We are going through a blackout. We're in the middle of a major storm here. Or CBS didn't pay the bill. I'm not sure which. Hey, Port, did we pay the bill? Silence. All right. If you heard silence there, that wasn't because I didn't know what I was saying. That wasn't because Coco was talking to me. Literally, the lights went out in Georgia and for whatever reason on Cypress Creek. So this story, they thought, I keep saying we, but never again. I never say never. They thought, Coco just said, you know, this is the Astros trying to make me stop. I will never stop. I will never stop giving you all a seat at the table, letting you know exactly what's going on behind the scenes, giving you an opinion that is based on actual knowledge, having been in the room where it happens. Well, I've been in the room where this happened, and that type of tourniquet that the Astros attempted to apply had more holes in it than... But you know what? I need a prompter. 
I don't use a prompter. The only thing I could think of was Swiss cheese. More holes than Swiss cheese. I'm not, I, I didn't write down any sort of metaphor or simile. I didn't know I was going to say holes, a tourniquet with holes. And I was trying to think while I was talking, what exactly has holes in it? All I could think of was Swiss cheese. That's horrible. There's something greater. But the fact is that baseball, the Astros, this story won't go away. And we talked about it, that it's death by a thousand cuts. We talked about it, that more and more players are going to start coming out, and spring training has begun. The right of spring training in the beginning is there is a huge amount of media involvement. You meet the media before day one. Then each day, you're actually in front of the media. There's no days off in spring. You get a few days off, but there's still some workouts. So there's a lot of opportunity to give some quotes. I wonder why the union and MLB did not get together and talk and send a memo about how to deal with this issue. That memo would have leaked for sure. Do you know that, uh, here's a funny little side note. There's not one private memo that I ever got from Commissioner Bud Selig or Commissioner Rob Manford. Not one memo that wasn't immediately leaked to the AP or to some other member of the media. Very often I would read about a private memo literally before I could open up the email that contained the memo. And we always thought as executives that the distribution list, do you know when you send out an email, there's a distribution list, and sometimes it's BCC, so you don't know who else is getting it. We always assumed that the distribution list had members of the media because I couldn't even leak it fast as fast as the people were getting it and leaking it and then telling the story. So I'm okay with the memo getting out because there's some things that are more important than a leak. Send a memo to the players from the union and from MMLB. Send it to the executives. Let's get on the same page because otherwise you get Cody Bellinger. Cody Bellinger, you know, MVP. This is not nobody, folks. The reigning National League MVP. The guy who did the commercial with Christian Yelich, who's trying to become the face of baseball, that Cody Bellinger. He came out and he didn't pull punches, except his messaging was not as good as it could have been if we had given him talking points. He said, I thought the apologies were whatever. Intelligent people don't say whatever. You don't say the apologies were whatever. You say the apologies were insufficient. I thought Jim Cranes was weak. We can do better than that. It's not that it was weak. Cody, it wasn't weak. It was insufficient. It didn't properly address the seriousness of this issue. But you called it weak. I thought Manford's punishment was weak. That's two weeks giving them immunity. Cody, you know, because if you got a memo, you would hear the reason players got immunity is that it was critical to give immunity in order to get the story and get to the bottom of what happened. And then he went a bridge too far. I think what people don't realize is Altuve stole an MVP from Judge in 17. Cody, I've got a surprise for you. This is breaking news. The people who vote for MVP knew that the Astros were stealing signs. Everybody knew the Astros were stealing signs, including you. Then, everybody knows they stole the ring from us, but it's over. I lost respect for those guys. Everyone in the show, in the big leagues, lost respect for those guys. Here's the problem the union has. The union is made up of players from all 30 teams. There are players from the Astros who are now on other teams. 
For example, Jake Marisnik. Jake Marisnik was on the Astros in 17. He's got a nice little ring. I know Jake. I was around him with the Marlins. We drafted him. We traded for him. We either drafted for him or traded for him. My mind is a little blank. Do you know when you go back, when you've been in the game, I have uh, 18 team photos. And I get asked this. I was in 18 team photos, 18 seasons. And people say to me, hey, look at this photo from 2009. Can you name every player? Not a chance. There are 100 players who are on our team, so I can't even remember. Literally, I can't even remember. Jake, I remember you on the Marlins, of course. Unbelievable defender in center field. Unbelievable guy. Your bat played only a bit. That's why we're willing to move. So what, ha- what happened? Oh, that's right. Thank you, Coca. <laughs> that is funny. We got Marisnik in 12 from the Blue Jays in that big trade. I wasn't even focused on that. That is when we got Jake Marisnik. He was a Blue Jay and then became a Marlin in 2012. Great, great defender and has been a big leaguer since. He was up and down with us for a year or two, but he's a straight big leaguer. He went to the Mets. He got a, got a contract in the, I think, four, three to $4 million range. He took the microphone today. He sat there and he actually looked into the microphone, looked into the cameras and said, I want to directly address 2017 before you even ask a question. I want to tell you that we went too far. I am sorry. I am sorry to be a distraction right now to my new team. I'm sorry for what we did by crossing a line. I am sorry. It was genuine. It was real. Guess what? Jake Marisnik is forgiven. Did Jake Marisnik have the benefit of watching the train wreck that was yesterday? Yes. But Jake Marisnik is a smart guy. Spoken to Jake. He's absolutely smart. What he didn't need, he did not need to watch what happened with the Astros. Okay, so the way this show works, I just want to tell you, uh, I put together a list. If you're watching on YouTube or anywhere, I have a, uh, a, a device, and I've shown it before on camera, but on this device, I keep track of what I'm going to talk about, and I write it, and then I go over it with Coca. And then during the course of a show, if something major happens, he will either yell in my ear or he'll write on this document where he can write and I can write. And he just puts something in huge red letters and I'm throwing the rest of the show away because if this is true, this is awesome. Get that off the board, Coca. We're not doing more fallout from Astro's disastrous presser. We're going into Alex Rodriguez. He has reportedly emerged as a potential buyer of the Mets. Way to go, Will Pons. Now you just got to get Jeter. All right, let's talk about Alex Rodriguez buying the Mets. Let me give you a backstory on the Mets, tell you what's happening. The Mets were going to be sold to Steve Cohn. We talked about it. Steve Cohn bid $2.6 billion to take over in five years. Let the Will Pons run it for five more years. Then that deal got canceled because it turns out what the Mets wanted, what the Will Pons wanted, was for Cohn to put in all of the money, over the five years, but have no say. Of course, that wasn't going to work. If you're going to put money in, you have to have say. By the way, if you're listening to this pod, I was holding up my device. Coco always gets upset when I talk to the camera and I forget that people are just listening, but I'll never forget you. Thank you for downloading. Thank you for subscribing. So the story comes out now, today, because the Wilpon said the deal with Steve Cohn is off, but we've hired Allen and Company. That is an investment bank, a boutique investment bank, where Steve Greenberg, son of Hank Greenberg, grandson, son, 
I think he's the son of Hank Greenberg, who was, was a deputy commissioner, worked in baseball. He now works at Allen & Company. Basically, you hire them, you pay them a ton of money, and they try to identify buyers. We didn't hire anyone when we sold the Marlins because we could identify A-Rod without anybody's help. We could identify Jeter without anybody's help. I just texted, hey, the team's for sale. Are you ready? Here's the problem with A-Rod and bidding $2.6 billion. Number one, he doesn't have $2.6 billion. That's number one. Number two, he wants to be in control. He was involved with trying to buy the Marlins. Now, you know the relationship between him and Jeter. That's clear. You know that A-Rod is none too happy that Derek Jeter is in an ownership position. I've had plenty of opportunities to speak to Alex. Alex is smart. He's engaged. I met with him many times. He wanted to get to know owners. He wanted to talk about what it is to be an owner. He's always wanted to be an owner. But his best shot, he will not be able to beat Jeter. He will put, A-Rod can put in a sum of money, but he will never be able to be a control person. To be a control person in Major League Baseball for a franchise that's $2.6 billion, he'll have to put in a minimum, a minimum of four to $500 million of his own money. Now, I can go on, on the web, on the Google, and I can tell you that A-Rod or A-Lo or J-Rod or J-Lo or the combination of that amazing engaged couple of J-Rod, I don't know what they're called, A-Lo, I can't remember. Whatever they're called, they could all put their money together, put it in a pile. You will not be able to write that type of check. And there's nothing to be ashamed of. Believe me, I am not in any way criticizing your level of wealth, Alex. What I'm telling you is adjust your expectations. If you want to put an ownership group together, here's what you got to do. Don't tell Derek that you're going to copy him, but copy him. Find a guy like Bruce Sherman. Find a guy who loves you so much that all he wants is your cell phone number. All he wants is to have dinner with J-Lo. All he wants is to sit first row in a Mark Anthony concert. Find that guy, and then you can become an owner CEO, and that guy can be the control person. The interesting part as I look about what is going to happen with the Mets is that Steve Cohn, when he bid $2.6 billion, you know that he's an 8% minority owner. It is in his best interest to make sure that the next bidder is even more than 2.6 or at least equal to 2.6. Derek had a hard enough time getting to 1.2, but thank you. He did. Getting to 2.6 will require putting together a big group of people. There are not many Steve Ballmers in the world who just write a check out of a checking non-interest bearing account. There's some, but not many. So, Alex, first thing, when you want to become an owner of Major League Baseball, don't leak the fact that you're interested in becoming an owner of Major League Baseball. You need 23 votes to become an owner. The current 30 owners, excluding the Wilpons, so I'll make it 29, to get their vote, you have to be quiet. Go under the radar. Put a group together. Go meet the commissioner with your group. This is the group. We've got $2.61 billion. We've got a bank who has set up the debt for us. We have a control person who will put in half a billion dollars of his or her own money. We have an operating structure where I will be the owner, chairman, and CEO. 
I will be in New York. I will quit ESPN. I will stop traveling to the Grammys, Oscars, and every other place. I am committed to being in the office every day. You fill out an application, and then you go for approval. That would be my best suggestion. A-Rod, are people really thinking he'll be the new owner of the Mets? Nah, I don't think so. Okay, that was breaking news. Thank you. That was like big time. I'm showing everyone again on the, t- on the TV if you're watching. It's such breaking news that look at the size of that font. I don't even need my glasses for that. That's how I know. Coke and I call it. If it's 125 breaking news, that's sort of the plus 125 where it's just my glasses. Sometimes I have to put them on to see. If it's really big news, it's the plus 25 because I don't need any glasses because he puts it in huge, huge font. Okay. I'm going to spring training. I'm actually, that was a total mixed metaphor. I'm not going to spring training. Where would I go? Spring training's begun. And when you're the president of a team, the problem you have in spring training is uh, I told you. Actually, I just said something funny. I'm going to tell you because I'm going to be doing some spring training pods where I talk about spring training. I love spring training. I want to give you sort of an inside look into spring training and something that you will hear because it's in my head and will soon be in yours, is that what makes me the most nervous from the first workout to the last inning of the last game of spring training is I want to avoid injuries. That is the only thing I care about. I don't care about one loss record at all. I care about injuries. Every president feels the same. Every GM feels the same. You basically sit there with your fingers crossed, watching these games. Well, we had two big injuries, but they were very different. So I want to mention them to you, so you've got information that you didn't have. Alex Verdugo is a player for the Boston Red Sox, who was traded from the Dodgers to the Red Sox in that huge Mookie Betts deal last week. Alex Verdugo is a second-year player, but he's a rookie. Uh, He may even have rookie status, does not have a lot of at-bats. Coca, check to see if if uh, Verdugo actually qualifies to be a rookie, if you can. I think he does. It may say it if you just do a quick search. And what happens is you get him now for five or six years, the Red Sox do. News came out yesterday or last night that he may miss opening day, the start of the season because of his back. So he has exceeded rookie limits. He's a second-year player, so they have him five years, not six. A back injury. People are going crazy in Beantown. Let me calm everyone down. Keep calm and carry on. He passed his physical. Remember the whole nightmare of Grattanall failing the physical? Alex Verdugo passed it. Before you say the doctors don't know what they're doing, you can both pass a physical for a trade and have a pre-existing back condition that makes you miss the start of a season. How does that work? Because the doctors look at your papers They speak to the trainers. They speak to the doctors of the previous team. They come to the conclusion, yeah, he does have some flare-ups. It's manageable. Here's what we do. He does heat. He does ice. He gets injections every three months. Here's his protocol. The doctor then says to the owner of the Red Sox, we'll pass him. But keep in mind, there's a back issue. People are saying the Red Sox are incompetent because they were not aware that Verdugo had a back issue. Not true. They were completely aware of it. They were completely okay with it in every way, as am I. That wouldn't bother me. What would bother me 
is Mike Clevenger. The Indians, as you know, and I give you a huge benefit of the doubt for knowing this, traded Corey Kluber this offseason. Corey Kluber, as you know, missed most of the season after being hit, breaking his forearm. He got hit by a batted ball at Marlins Park, actually, playing the Marlins. Hardest hit ball of the year. Kluber was out. Former Cy Young winner. Cleveland Indians are on the way down. Should have traded Lindor. We talked about it, but they didn't. We'll talk about that. I'll give you a sneak preview. That's a wait to see I got right. They didn't trade Lindor. Kluber gone. Clevenger, ace. We're going to be okay. We're keeping Lindor. We've got an ace in our rotation. Mike Clevenger, the outspoken Mike Clevenger, which is fine. He's our guy. Well, guess what? Our guy now has a torn meniscus. Our guy reported to spring training. By the way, on a side note, every player on your roster gets a full physical. Every player when spring training starts. Clevenger, torn meniscus, day one of spring training. So here's how it goes. You're in your office. You're ready to go out to the workout. So I would stay in my office during stretch, the morning stretch, be in the clubhouse early, make sure everyone's okay, grab a schmear, a bagel, maybe a donut back in the day when I wasn't as worried about waste expansion as I am now. Take something, eat it, go back up to my office, do some work, wait for them to stretch. I would get a piece of paper that had a timeline on it. I would know the exact time. One thing I love about baseball, we're always on time. When the workout starts at 9.12, that means at 9.12, workout starts. We would generally round up, and it'd be 9 o'clock or 9.15. Doesn't matter. Go down, watch the workout, stand behind the cage. Tr straight eye wash, by the way. I'd put my arms on the cage, sort of lean on it except I'd always have to be on my tiptoes. If you go look at a batting cage, that, that protection that is behind the, the uh, plate during batting practice, there's always a pad in the middle that managers and coaches and players lean on. I could never lean on the pad because it was exactly at my eye level. So I had to either stand on my tiptoes, I had to get a box, not for a debate, but to watch batting practice, or I would lean down pretending I was stretching, having just run, say that, oh, I'm stretching my quads, calves, and hammies. Or I would just sort of jump up and watch every once in a while. And I'd watch for a little while. I'd say, wow, he's striking it. He's stroking the ball. It's great. Everything's good. I'd watch a few drills, go back to my office. You're sitting there. Workout ends. Everything seems fine until the phone rings. Phone rings. In the old days, when I first got into baseball, you didn't know who the call was. In the new days, you always know who the call is because you look at your smartphone. And if your number isn't programmed on my phone, I'm not answering. If your number is programmed, then I may answer. When it's the trainer, nothing good happens when the trainer calls you. I never got a call in 18 years from the team trainer, hey, just checking in. I miss you. You haven't been around in a while. How you feeling? Are you good? I just wanted to call to say hi. No, not one time. The call would go like this. Bring, bring. I see it's the trainer. Like Pavlov's dog. What happened? Not hello. Forget all that. Who's hurt? And I'm praying, please do not let it be a major player. Because I'm getting the call when it's the 40th man on the roster, and I'm upset, but I can deal with it. The call comes. 
Mike Clevenger. I'm despondent. So I switched the rules with the trainers early in my career. When you call me with an injured pitcher, you don't start with the name. You start with the body part. Because when you hear a pitcher's name and you don't know the body part, the first thing you think of is elbow, Tommy John, or shoulder, labrum. A torn meniscus I can deal with. I'm less than happy. But the, here, the call to me would be, hello, yes, it would be meniscus. Yeah, Clevenger. That's how it goes. It's a terrible call to get. Does it take the Indians and change their World Series odds? No. Does it change their odds of winning the pennant? No. Does it change their odds of winning the division? Maybe it makes them longer because the Twins are still the favorite in that division. It's a tough call to get. So it's uh, Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day. I hope you enjoyed the word of the day, Jeremy. Is it Rennick? Ronick? Rennick? Rennick. Tully, is it Rennick? Ronick. Happy Valentine's Day, Ronick. So on Valentine's Day, of course, I'm going to watch a Valentine's movie, a love movie, a romantic movie. Why wouldn't I? Last Christmas. Last Christmas is a movie that has a soundtrack all by George Michael. Now, George Michael, if you can see through the powdery base on my face, is the scruff guy. He was the reason why I'd like scruff. If you're listening, just imagine the scruff. And then imagine sort of a base to take away the shine from the lights on set for those watching. George Michael did the entire soundtrack, except he passed away. So they just used all of his songs to tell a story produced and starring written by Emma Thompson and her husband. Emma Thompson is one of my favorite actresses, one of the most quality actresses of my generation. Sense and Sensibility, you've seen it. How about Stranger Than Fiction? How about Love Actually? And there's more. Love Actually is one of my top movies. You'll hear that in a future pod. You're not gonna hear it when I count down from movies 60 to 40 because breaking news, or is this a spoiler alert, Love Actually is way above that on my all-time list. I thought Last Christmas would have a chance at this. I didn't know whether it was intermingled stories. I just was ready for George Michael's songs. I was ready to be touched. And you've got Amelia Clark and Henry Golding. Henry Golding, you know from Crazy Rich Asians. Amelia Clark, you know from Game of Thrones. They have zero zero romantic chemistry on camera. Zero. The script is light with a capital L. And this is Emma Thompson, who I expected more from. The music that normally drives emotion. They chose Last Christmas, which is a George Michael song, of course. They chose it to be like the story of the song. It didn't work for me. And I wanted it to so badly. I wanted to believe in the relationship. I wanted to not know. I don't know any spoilers before I watch it. I'm not gonna tell you any spoilers. Do you need spoilers for a romantic comedy on Valentine's Day? Well, you may for this one, but don't. Get through the movie. Why am I suggesting you watch it? Two reasons only. I wanna know whether you agree with me that the end of the movie is such a letdown of epic proportions, or is it uplifting and makes you feel good? It's sort of like Valentine's Day. Do you feel great about today? Or do you suck your thumb in the fetal position on the couch because you're solo? 
or because you're with someone. Either way, some people just prefer sucking their thumb in the fetal position. I know I do. Last Christmas, George Michael. Okay, we've got All-Star Weekend. NBA All-Star Weekend used to be my favorite. I used to love the All-Star game. I loved it. I loved seeing my Nick players from Bernard King to Patrick Ewing. I loved it. I loved watching it with Michael Jordan. When Magic Johnson was allowed to play in the All-Star game after saying that he had to leave the NBA because he was HIV positive, when he came back and played in the All-Star game, that's when it was good. And I'm thinking to myself, is it only good because I'm looking at it from a nostalgic standpoint? Is everything good in the rearview mirror? Am I a boomer because I thought it was good then and not good now? Am I, Ruben, quiet. Ruben's yelling at me that I'm a boomer because he's super excited. Do you think that Ruben is excited about the All-Star Weekend because of the slam dunk contest or the Futures game or the Team World versus USA? He's excited because of the sneaker choices. That's it. One reason. He is the sneaker king. Follow him on Twitter. I think it's like at Sneaker King. You'd think he doesn't even work for CBS, but he does. What's it called? Ruben Talks Kicks. That's your Twitter handle? His Twitter handle is Ruben Talks Kicks. I guess kicks is a word for sneakers. I was just going to say sneakers. Shoes. I like the old Kareem Abdul-Jabbar Converse Canvas high-top shoes. In any case, that's why Ruben likes it. People are into the kicks. I'm fine with that. I miss the human highlight reel. I miss Jordan. I miss Kobe. I miss people who come to the All-Star game and put on a show. And I'm not talking about jumping over people like I'm, you know, Derek Jones. Do we think that Derek Jones in the slam dunk contest is going to use a person to jump over? Does anyone think it's a guarantee the way I do? Not only do I think it's going to happen, but I think the reason it's going to happen is that he's going to win the slam dunk contest because, boy, can he jump. And I'm fine with it. But I just, there's something wrong when we have Team LeBron, Team Giannis, all the gimmicks of picking the players live on the network. It's like picking opponents for playoffs. Who would ever do that? But let's get back to business. What's changed in the last 20 years is the business surrounding the All-Star Game. I can make fun of Ruben all I want in sneakers. Do you know the size of the sneaker business? It is in the billions. This is an opportunity for sponsors of the NBA to all get together in one city, Chicago. It is for the league to host the sponsors to let the sponsors be with players, for the players to make appearances. It is all about relationships in order to continue the economic driver that is the NBA and every sport, which is broadcasting, sponsorships. The focus on the game has totally changed, and I have truly no problem with it. The biggest story for me right now is Lakers Bucks are the favorites to win the title. Biggest story, Lillard gets hurt out of the All-Star game. That becomes big news. Biggest story. How are we going to honor Kobe? Jennifer Hudson will sing a song. It used to be the biggest stories were on the court during the game. Now they changed the rules of the All-Star game, which we outlined on a previous show. They're making the fourth quarter commercial free because, remember, 24 points have to be scored above the leading scoring team adding up the first three quarters. I'm not redoing the whole change of All-Star game rules. Go back to a previous pod. Please, and thank you. It's evolved, and I'm not happy with it. And I'm not grumpy about it. But are you going to watch it? That's my poll of the day. 
Are you watching the NBA All-Star festivities? It was must-see appointment TV 15, 20 years ago. Must-see. The 82-game preseason is in the books, and it's finally time for the real season. Don't miss out on any of the NBA playoff action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. From the play-in tournament through the finals, DraftKings Sportsbook has you covered with same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. From what you've seen so far, do you think there'll be a first-time winner of the NBA championship? If the Pacers, Clippers, Suns, Magic, Pelicans, or T-Wolves win, you win at plus 650. That's six teams to root for, six chances to win. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SAMSON. New customers bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. That's code SAMSON, only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Quentin, Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. So you want to talk to Samson is the all-star game too. And uh, this was a great question. So you want to talk to Samson? That's people DM me at David P. Samson on Twitter. This was a great one. Do players like the all-star weekend? Would they prefer the time off? Great question. I'm going to get you inside the head of a player, and I'm going to tell you really what they think. Superstars hate All-Star Weekend. They want the days off. They want to be alone. They want to be with their families. They want to be away from the game. They want the time off. Period. End of sentence. No matter what they say, they will look in the camera and be genuine with you. And they will say, what an honor and a privilege to represent my team, my city, this league. No. They want days off from work. Two, why is it they want the days off? Because when they, in basketball, when they examine how they build their personality and how they build their presence, the social media component has become huge. In the old days, the so- Coca, <laughs> I'm laughing because I'm talking about social media. Coca is y- talking to me about more breaking news. Is this really breaking, Coca? Could you unblack it so I can read it? That's actually a big change. All right, we're going to talk about that. I'm going to do that because that's very interesting. I want everyone to know. I just want to finish so you want to talk to Samson. We can do it. We still have time. Players decide what is best for their brand, what is best for their image. In the old days, what was best for the NBA and for the team. Some players are willing to go to the All-Star festivities, but they don't want to play. They go because they're going to make appearances, paid appearances. They go because they're going to tweet or they're going to share pictures on Instagram because they're influencers and they get paid. This is not me being cynical. This is me being truthful about why it is that players do what they do. They're no different than people in the media. 
Everyone's looking for eyeballs. Everyone's looking to break away from the clutter. The best way to do it is to put yourself in the position to be looked at the most, and that doesn't mean being on the court. It means being present off the court. It means being present all throughout the year. And this is the one opportunity during the course of a season where you can take a breath. We would tell baseball players every year when they made the All-Star game, either when they were starting or when they were uh, appointed to the team, named to the team as a reserve, they're all happy because they get bonuses in their contract. They're all happy because it's on their resume for arbitration or free agency that they are All-Stars. But when you talk about playing in the game, they're not upset if they play if they don't play. They'll say they want to play, not sure if they do. They'll say they want to go, not sure if they do. Do you know how many MLB players now are named All-Stars? Way more than the number of players you see in uniform during the course of the game because they're replacement players all the time, because of injury, because a pitcher just pitched. There are a million rules in place because players in baseball don't want to be at the All-Star game. We hosted one in Miami. I know this. The NBA is trying. MLB tries. NHL, I don't know that they try. They had the All-Star game. No one paid attention. Coke didn't even know the All-Star game actually happened in the NHL. So to conclude, on So You Want to Talk to Samson, do players like All-Star Weekend? Yeah, the ones who are not All-Stars. Would they prefer the time off? A hundred percent. Are there some players where the answer is different? Always. There's always outliers. Okay, we're going to break news now, although it may not be broken by the time you watch and hear this, but to me it's broken because here I am. Major League Baseball, in another attempt, cynically, people are going to say to move on from the Houston Astros nightmare, which is not at all what this is, at all. This is actually the time of year when this would be announced. Major League Baseball is raising the minimum salary for minor league players starting in 2021. This was, oh my God, this is awesome, Coca. This is according to a memo from the commissioner's office obtained by the AP. In this very show, we told you that memos get to baseball owners and presidents, but they get to the media at the same exact time. And here it is. Players at rookie and short season levels will get their weekly pay raised $110 up to $400. Class A up to 500, double A up to 600, triple A up to 700. So triple A players who had a minimum of making 500 bucks a week now make 700 bucks a week. Can I break this down for you all, please? When you sign a player to a minor league contract or when you sign any player to, there's three kinds of contracts in baseball. You have a major league deal, a major league guaranteed deal means at the major league minimum, which let's say is $550,000. A major league minimum deal means that you are paid $550,000, whether you play for the big league team, the triple A team, the double A team, the single A team, the rookie ball team, wherever you play, you're getting paid 550 grand. That's a major league deal. A non-guaranteed split contract is written like this. When player X is at the major league level, he will be paid at the rate of the major league minimum, which is $550,000 at the rate of, because you don't get paid five fifty dollars to play one game, you get paid $550,000 divided by 162 games times the number of games you play. It's actually times the number of days, but don't worry. Split. If this player is at the minor league level, he will make $10,000 a month. Yes, 
$10,000 a month is the equivalent of $60,000 a year because the minor league season is six months. April, May, June, July, August, September. August. It's actually five months. Thank you for the math. That is the equivalent of $50,000. The difference between being a big leaguer and a minor leaguer is gargantuan. You wonder why players complain when they're sent down? You wonder why there's grievances over service time or over illegally or against the rules sending a player out? As a team president, we always wanted to send a player out before he got hurt. Often we'd send a player out, they would then grieve to us, say, I'm hurt. And the rule is if you're hurt, you cannot send out an injured player. Because if you're on the big league injured list, guess what? You get paid at the big league salary. If you're on the injured list at the minor league level, guess what? You get paid at the minor league rate. So we would rather have players on the minor league injured list than the major league injured list. So there's a lot of talk about minor league pay scale. A lot of it. The minimum going from, let's talk AAA, from 500 to 700. How many players out of a 25-man roster are making the minimum in AAA? A lot of the AAA players are on split deals where they're making 5, 10, 15, 20 grand a month. Very few minimum players. On the lower levels, it's mostly minimum players. Now, some of the players on lower levels are bonus babies. They were signed as, they were drafted in the Rule 4 amateur draft. That's the rule for in Major League Baseball where you draft a player out of high school or college. They got a signing bonus anywhere between one grand and six million dollars. They get that signing bonus, then they report to single A, and they get paid at the minimum. And in single A, they are now getting 500 a week versus 290. 500 a week in a five day work week is 100 bucks a day. 100 bucks a day. If you work 10 hours, that's $10 an hour. If you work five hours, that's $20 an hour. What's the minimum wage? Before we all get so excited about this jump, this is basically optics. This does not address the issue that people have with minor league pay scale. I personally don't believe there is an issue with the minor league pay scale. I have argued with many people about supply and demand. Minor league baseball is made up of several prospects and the rest is eyewash, filler. It's guys who have no chance. If you don't like making 300 bucks a week to be a minor league player, bye-bye. Quit. Go back home. Get a job. Do whatever you want. We don't need you. You're not a prospect, and you know you're not a prospect. And if you are a prospect, you know it. Work hard no matter what you're getting paid. It's like going to school. I didn't get paid to go to school. You go to school, you pay them to learn so later on you can get paid. What's the difference? Minor leagues is like school. College is school. You are going to learn how to put yourself in a position to get paid. Minor leaguers are learning. We are spending money as an ownership, as an executive level. C-suite. I like saying that, C-suite. I don't know what that means. Chairman, chief operating officer, chief financial officer. They all start with C. They call it the C-suite. It's funny. The C-suite, we are paying money for you, for you to develop and put yourself in position where you can make a ton of money. How about two words? You're welcome. 
pick of the day. We're going to the All-Star game. I did not get these picks. I'm, I'm going all in on Ruben today. I've mentioned him 10 times. I will be wary of his name so I don't wear it out. Thank you, Judy Dent, Shakespeare in Love. Take a care with my name for you will wear it out. She won a supporting actress for that. A little nugget for Judy Dench and Shakespeare in Love. She won a supporting actress with the smallest amount of screen time ever. Derek Jones will win the slam dunk contest. Duncan Robinson will win the three-point contest. And people in Miami will celebrate. Team LeBron's team will win the All-Star game. They'll cover. That's a three-pick. I'm 12-15-1. Did you see the Cliptics last night? The Cliptics, they won. Went to double overtime. I had to watch two overtimes before I knew whether the Clippers or the Celtics would win. But if you paid attention to yesterday's show, you bet on the Cliptics, which means you won. Okay, wait to see. I got two wait to sees that I'm going to finish today, and I didn't want to. I'm angry about this. I did a wait to see. Wait to see is when I tell you something that's going to happen, in my opinion. And when it doesn't happen, I deny it. When it does happen, I tell you. First wait to see is I said the Dodgers will sign a free agent over $55 million. How is it possible their biggest free agent signing this offseason was David Price three years at 48? How is that possible? You're saying, how is that a free agent signing? You're right. They got him in a trade. How is it only 48 when he's owed 96? Well, you're right, but the Dodgers are only paying 48. The Red Sox are paying 48. David Price signed two three-year deals with two teams, making $16 million from each. He's got the best agent in the world, but the Dodgers did, and I was wrong. And I'm shutting it down. There's no more $55 million free agents. Secondly, I told you Lindor would not be traded. Do you remember the shortstop for the Indians? It was a frenzy. It was every day. Breaking news. I've got information. Source tells me Lindor trade close. Source tells me Lindor definitely will get traded. Forget it. There was no way Lindor was going to get traded. It was too smart a move by the Indians. Fact of the matter is their front office is smart. But Lindor not traded. Should have been. Okay. Um, Golf is my way to see today. Golf? Golf? Yeah, golf. If you're not excited about the Masters for Tiger Woods to defend his championship, then you're asleep at the wheel. Tiger Woods, will he win the Masters? Nope. It's Roy McIlroy. This is his year. He just became the world's number one golfer. When you're the number one golfer, you need to win the Masters. When you're the number one golfer and you're getting chirped at by Brooks Kepka, the previous number one, you go out and you get the green jacket. Why especially now? Because that will give Roy McIlroy his career slam, which means he will have won every major in golf. He will then look at Brooks Kepka. He'll look at Tiger Woods. He'll put on the green jacket, and he'll look right in the camera. And he'll say, boys, for me, this was business. Have a good weekend. It was nothing personal. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.